Produced by PI Media. Abundant in volume yet scarce, soothing and relaxing yet bearing a devastating force. Defies the laws of physics and it can heal as much as it can harm. It is the source of life. I'm Idan and from Israel Newtech and PI Media, this is Waterline. Welcome back to Waterline. What happens once I'm done using water, as far as you are concerned? Well, uh, what you're actually doing is your business, but after you flush the water in the toilet... I was talking about doing my laundry, but fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, it gets to the same place, eventually. It's uh, injected into the public sewage network. This network mobilizes... the raw sewage to wastewater treatment plants. And what actually happens inside this facility? Where there are a couple of stages inside the wastewater uh, treatment plants. It's like an uh, industrial facility. This is Zohar Inon, CEO of Hagichon, Jerusalem's regional water and wastewater utility company. And you can hear in his tone of voice, our discarded water is serious business as far as he is concerned. When you examine human history throughout the ages, you'll find that each civilization found its own solution to tackle the problem of dealing with human waste and wastewater. For example, reusing water and using human excrement as a fertilizer was commonplace in ancient China. Now, reusing water is one thing, but building the infrastructure to collect and discard wastewater, that is a different matter altogether. Archaeologists have discovered systems which collected and transported unwanted water, dating back as far as 8,000 years ago in the Fertile Crescent, in addition to others in the Indus Valley in South Asia, which were used some 5,500 years ago. Cities of ancient Egypt and ancient Greece had substantial wastewater infrastructures as well. But it seems that the best, most prolific and ingenious plumbers of all ancient times were the Romans. The Romans built elaborate freshwater delivery systems and wastewater removal systems. Remnants of the aqueducts they built can still be seen today in many parts of Europe and along the coasts of the Mediterranean, all the way from England to Israel. And the famous hot baths 
built for recreation, were equipped with complementary systems which literally flushed unwanted waste products from their large communal halls, which were fitted with specially designed seats, commonly known today as toilets. The problem was, wastewater was removed from cities and discarded in its raw, untreated state, straight into the closest river or sea. For millennia on end, water bodies diluted the untreated muck, grime and crud, but as populations grew and cities sprawled, dumping raw sewage into the nearest river became a nuisance. But more importantly, it was a serious public health hazard. July of 1858 in London is regarded as the tipping point in this disgusting and dangerous cycle. The combination of a river full of untreated sewage, rubbish, industrial waste and the occasional dead animal and an epic, record-breaking heatwave resulted in what is now known as the Great Stink. London was built by the Romans and throughout the centuries nothing had changed much. Filthy water flowed into the River Thames. The fumes wafting off the river were so oppressively offensive that Her Majesty's government considered moving to Oxford. Something had to be done. Sir Joseph Bazalgette rose to the challenge. He designed a wastewater removal system and infrastructure unlike anything seen before. It took 16 years to complete and most of it still serves modern-day London. However, the wastewater was still untreated. It was just carried further away before being dumped into the Thames, closer to the Thames estuary. Given the fact that wastewater was such an issue in 19th century London, it is not surprising to learn that in the same city, our modern approach to treating wastewater was also born. Roughly at the same time, Londoners were busy building Baselgate's system. The gentlemen of late Victorian times laid the foundation for a process which went on to ensure that our waste would not come back to harm us or our environment. So, what is a process, you ask? The basic idea behind wastewater treatment is to harness biology and its powers to separate the water from the waste it contains. The process is a combination of physical and biological filtration which guarantees that once filtered, the water and or its contaminants may be disposed of safely, causing no harm. Depending on the intended use of the water, once cleaned, it may be put through up to three treatment cycles. But before entering the treatment plant, the water with raw sewage goes through a pre-treatment filtration process, mainly to screen out solid waste items. It is not uncommon to find anything from furniture items to nappies and rubbish at this stage, items which might harm the treatment facility. On to the primary treatment. Water is pumped into a tank called primary sedimentation tank, where the water is then able to cough up sand, dirt and grit, which sink to the bottom of the tank, and oil and grease float to the surface, where they are skimmed off. 
The secondary treatment is where biology comes into action. Water from the primary treatment is still rich with organic matter, to say it delicately, and the way to break or separate this organic matter from the water is by introducing bacteria into the water which thrive on this matter. The water is funneled into a new tank where it is mixed with the bacteria, and warm air is pumped into the tank to create the perfect environment for the bacteria to do its trick. The remains of both treatments is known as sludge. Generally, one of four different things is done with the sludge. It may be used as fertilizer or to generate energy. It might be incinerated or sent to a landfill. The cleansed wastewater, called effluent, will go through a disinfection process, either by chlorine or the use of UV light, and is then discharged back into the environment. Most sites around the world use the two-step process and it is deemed sufficiently safe for their surrounding environments. Some wastewater treatment plants include an additional step and treat the water a third time, a practice known as tertiary treatment. The organic load in the water has not been completely eliminated. A small number of pathogens is still present as well as moderate levels of nitrogen and phosphorus which can really harm some delicate environments and water sources. The tertiary treatment significantly reduces the risks by using a mix of physical and biochemical means depending on the treatment plant. Microfiltration membranes, coagulating substances, ion exchange, higher level UV or chemical disinfection and filtration are all utilized to further purify the water. The trend in treating wastewater is clearly moving toward treating more. The future lies in a fourth treatment phase designed to break up micropollutants such as pharmaceuticals. Still in its early days of development and implementation, the technology is extremely costly to use and so it will likely take time to become widespread. Modern Jerusalem has three wastewater processing plants, each with a slightly different technology. Zohar Yinon. Every wastewater treatment plant works on a different technology. The big wastewater treatment plant in Sorek is considered a secondary activated sludge technology, which has all those bacteria. In Har Choma, the tertiary treatment plant has RO, reverse osmosis uh, membranes that treat uh, all those uh, bacteria, And in the Og uh, wastewater treatment plant that is not far away from the Dead Sea has a different technology and is placed in a very big place. So actually the sun is doing a great job with the sewage. It's uh, more uh, like a photosynthetic uh, technology. In Sorek, we are already in the midst of an upgrading program that in two years it will be totally considered a tertiary treatment plant. I think that in the next five years, all of the wastewater treatment plants in Jerusalem will eventually be producing high-quality purified sewage that have been processed through a tertiary treatment technology. How do you come about choosing the technology for the wastewater plant? Well, it's actually a multi-parameter equation 
that you have to look into all kinds of technical parameters. You have to design the process according to what the quality of the wastewater that you regulatory have to be compliant with. So the more stringent the regulations come, then you have to invest in a more heavy process of uh, purifying the, the sewage. And uh, this is uh, one of the main reasons that we're doing that uh, now in the Sorek. And I think that in the near future, we will do it in the Og, which also treats about 25,000 cubic meters a day of raw sewage. And it goes all the way down to Jordan Valley and all the dates that we're eating, the Majul dates, is actually irrigated by our uh, treated sewage from the Og wastewater treatment plant, and 90% of this uh, dates are exported to Europe. So, it's, people uh, might go now. Ooh, really? But they are very talking, tasty. Yeah, they are tasty. <laughs> well, you will. You come to think about why they're tasty, but. Yeah. When you're talking about treated wastewater and the fact that you're talking about tertiary, which is, well, something that we can actually drink, no? Um. Hmm. Reusing water for agriculture needs has been a common practice for millennia, but not for quenching thirst. We'll get to that in a moment. Israelis produce roughly 530 million cubic meters of wastewater annually which equals more than 210,000 Olympic swimming pools in volume. I asked Oded Distel, head of Israel Newtech, We are using how much of our treated wastewater? Close to 90% is being reused. And the rest of the world? Who's second to us? Uh, there are different figures, but uh, it seems that uh, Spain is... Uh, Somewhere around the 20, 25. I heard different figures, but the, the gap is, is quite big. Enormous. Enormous, yes. So exactly what does it mean that we are using 90% of our wastewater? We are using it for, uh, for agriculture. So in a way, we get it back through uh, fruits and vegetables and other crops. Uh, and from a national point of view, this is a major source of water for the Israeli agriculture. So now if someone hears us in Europe and he holds a sweet potato in his hand that says <laughs> made in Israel or a nice bell pepper, he is effectively consuming reused water. Reused water. Yes. You're not afraid that right now you kind of killed the Israeli agriculture <laughs> exports? No, I want to say that uh, uh, first it is done under a very, very deep system of regulation and uh, standards, so nothing to be uh, alarmed with. Second, I assume that uh, we're going to hear more and more about reuse in Europe as well. As we said, Spain is doing maybe around uh, 25 to 30. In the years to come, probably it's going to grow to other figures. Other countries in the Mediterranean, in North Africa, etc. Because we don't have enough water. How much is the U.S. using? Ah, the figures are very low. It's something around uh, maybe four, five, maybe less. Percent of the yes. water they use, they yes. reuse. Yeah. The wastewater is being filtered and heavily treated, leading me to ask Zohar Yinon. It becomes potable water. It's not really potable water. 
But in most cases, if you're a healthy guy, it won't cause you any health problems or stomach aches or things like that. To drink it. To drink it. But I wouldn't recommend it on a day-to-day basis. But if there would be a dramatic problem, then you can drink the water and don't Uh, stay thirsty but of course it's a more uh, psychological thing than a, a real health issue but of course I'm not recommending anyone to drink treated uh, wastewater I know for a fact that in Singapore which is one of the world's leader on water issues they mix their potable water with up to seven percent of highly purified wastewater and it goes into your tap in Singapore. So from a biochemical point of view, it is fine to dilute treated wastewater with purified water from other sources. However, it is not done in Israel, even though we take advantage of 90% of our wastewater. Here is Seth Siegel, author of Let There Be Water, Israel's Solution for a Water-Starved World. Israel's made a decision to use no treated wastewater for drinking water. In much of the world, that is not the case, and it will certainly not be the case 10 or 15 years from now. Many parts of dry parts of advanced societies, forgetting about less developed countries, will have no choice but to start using treated sewage for their drinking water. In, the, in Orange County, which is just south of Los Angeles, two or three million people receive their drinking water from what was treated wastewater. And they're still fine. Yes, because they're using very advanced filtration systems. And they monitor it constantly, and they're very much on top of what the people are drinking. So it's just a mental barrier. Yeah, you know what? We recycle all kinds of stuff. You know, you go to a restaurant, you don't think twice about using a fork that somebody else just used. I mean, not just used. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go into a restaurant and, and, you know, the waitress says, oh, sit here, and they leave the fork and the knife there, and you get to reuse the fork and the knife. That would be kind of disgusting. But we don't think twice about We don't go to the restaurant and say, you know, I'm going to bring my own knife and fork. That's, in a sense, a recycled fork, you know, and, and we're very comfortable with that. I, I think the same thing will come to be the way people could think about water. But Israel made a decision years and years ago in the 1950s that people will feel psychologically uncomfortable drinking treated sewage water, although there was a short episode when Israel did take a small amount of treated uh, wastewater and put it into the general water supply. No one knew. No one knew. And, and no one's still here. And no one knew. <laughs> That's right. When you are talking about water, you are talking about water which are ultra pure for drinking and good enough for agriculture. This is part of the same system. Or ultra pure for agriculture. It depends on what you're growing. Mm-hmm. The great thing about the technology is that even in agriculture, there's all kinds of choices. Tell me what you're growing, and I'll tell you what kind of water quality you need. Are you growing hemp? You can have garbage water. Are you growing cotton? You can have garbage plus 2%. Are you growing strawberries? I want it to be as pure as the water I'm drinking. So tell me what you're growing, and I'll tell you what you should have. Society now has the capability... Of programming the water quality that you want to need how wonderful is that but the crazy part is what we do in most of the world is we take our sewage and in the advanced countries we treat it so that it's clean before we dump it in the ocean or a river but we dump it the smart thing to do would be to clean it to as pure a level as even maybe purer than as pure as rain I call it we can do that and reuse it for that water by design 
But in the meantime, Odedi still says that there is a certain price being paid by farmers who use treated wastewater, which has only gone through a secondary treatment. The salinity level of the treated water remains quite high. The treated water, which is absorbed into the soil, may affect the yield of crops. To ensure this does not happen, land is continuously monitored to ensure its health. Zoharinon sees the solution in the tertiary treatment. It's better for the land on a long-term basis to be irrigated by a tertiary purified sewage. There are places in Western Europe, the leading countries in the OECD, like in the Netherlands, in Germany, in France, where they use tertiary treatment processes. Eventually, a decade from now, I think that in most of the leading countries, the vast percentage of the sewage will be treated in tertiary treatment plants. And like in any other purification process, you get byproducts. Seth Siegel. The byproduct of cleaning that water is that you can extract all the gunk that's in that water and that there's gold in that gunk. There's stuff you can take out of there, even out of the sewage, the stuff you flush down the toilet. There's nitrogen, there's potassium, and there's chemicals that actually have value that could be removed and, and reused, which has never been the mindset. It's always been thought of as a burden rather than an opportunity. And I think, once again, this is the essence of how putting a price on water will help us do this. Because once there's a price on water, people want to figure out ways of not just using it better and smarter, but also getting resource recovery. Besides being good to Mother Nature by not polluting our water sources and our surroundings, it is business smart to treat and use our wastewater. Back to Odette Distel. How crucial is this component of purified water in our economy? Ah, it's very important and I would dare to say that if this concept of reused water for agriculture was not being developed through the last... Uh, 50 years or so, most probably uh, the Israeli agricultural sector could not have survived till now. It is that, uh, that dramatic, let's say. Treated wastewater ensures Israel's ability to sustain itself and produce enough food for domestic use, as well as for export. And as it is always in life, sometimes you need a helping hand. Back to Zoharinon. Who are the most devoted employees of the body that is actually dealing with the wastewater? Millions of them. The citizens of Jerusalem? The bacteria. Ah, the bacteria. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, well, the bacteria yeah. are effectively your most devoted and they yeah. never call in sick, do they? Um, it depends on the quality of the wastewater that we pump into the wastewater treatment plant, but they have, uh, they're stubborn and they're hard workers and very devoted, as you say, and uh, they're doing a great job. We start the biological treatment. 
with uh, pumping a lot of oxygen into uh, sewage ponds and with bacteria that kill or eat, let's say it's more appropriate to say eat all the coliforms in the sewage. And from that, we are left with sludge. You get out of the water the sludge and you have to or send it to a landfill or what we do in Sorek, we produce biomethane from the sludge and it goes to a small renewable energy power plant that we have at the end of the line of the treatment in the wastewater treatment plant. It's like another industrial plant. And we produce about two and a half megawatts to the electrical network. This is being, uh, you know, minimizing our footprint. Again, it has a very good environmental impact. Two and a half megawatts is a lot. How yeah. many houses can you power? You can, you can power thousands of households, thousands and thousands of households. With something that up until several years ago would just go to waste, literally. Um, yeah, we would have trucks fill up those tanks with the trucks and send it to a landfill. And then the methane would, would break into the air. Yeah, and be a pollution. Actually, it would pollute the, the air. So it's really better public health and better health of the environment at the whole. That's being not only smart, but also environmentally smart. So effectively, once I flush the toilet, I light my house. Uh, yeah, yes, that's true. That's the case in Jerusalem. Hagihon, Jerusalem's water and wastewater utility company, uses technology that enables it to give back to the environment in the most literal way. We irrigate the new uh, city park in Emekatsvaim, the Deers Valley Park. It's a relatively new park. And there's a small lake that gets the water from the treated sewage. It's highly purified uh, with all the permissions from the Ministry of Health. And you can see there a circular economy project in action. The water that you flush turns into sewage. It comes to this tertiary wastewater treatment plant, gets the treatment and is pumped back to the Deer Valley. And the deers love it, I can tell you. And uh, the population of the deers is growing. And probably the water is good. I'm a bit confused from our conversations. I'm not talking with someone who's dealing with wastewater and wastewater collection. I'm talking with an environmentalist. Well, you know, we're uh, complex people with a lot of dimensions and... Uh, If we want to do things economically, it doesn't mean that we're not uh, environmental friendly. Or But I have a feeling that for you, when it comes to wastewater, first and foremost, it is about the environment, not about the economy. Because you have a tertiary tr- treatment plant and you said it's very expensive. Well, I think that thorough understanding of this topic, of this issue, if you study it very carefully, you will see that eventually there is no conflict between economics and environment. And this is the real case, because if it turns that uh, investing in good wastewater uh, treatment plants and becoming environmentally friendly, you get a much more healthier society. You don't waste your time on public health issues, and uh, people can go to work. Everyone knows that uh, if a country builds good infrastructure, not only roads and communication, but also water and wastewater, 
the productivity is higher. So in a macroeconomic point of view, it's essential. You are an economist. Of course. I admit. <laughs> And how does that come into play in your day-to-day job? Do you look at water from an economic point of view? Do you look at it from a utilities point of view? Or do you look at it as an infrastructure, almost like an engineer? We try to calculate everything. into our uh, consideration all those parameters you're talking about you have to look at things from different point of views and to calculate your path so that you will have like an equilibrium which is compliant with environmental needs with economic things that you must uh, also take into consideration and the legal and regulation things that you have to bear in mind and And they don't contradict. I mean, if you know what you're doing, you will find the way that everyone will be happy. The regulators, the public, the utility, the engineers. And it's not an easy job, but it can be done. And Gijon is the proof of that. To ensure the reuse of Israel's treated wastewater, a vital component of the country's economy, Many stakeholders must come together and see it as part of their success as well. It is a very delicate regulatory ecosystem that needs to be managed. Here's Odette Distel. The technology is not a big issue here because purifying wastewater is a common practice uh, all over the world with the uh, biological treatment and uh, different uh, type of technology. So this is okay. The unique part is the fact that there is a very comprehensive and uh, functional business model that works in Israel. The combination between the municipal water utility and the farmers is very smooth and it's quite unique. Usually it is very difficult to bridge between those sectors. The outcome is that you would have a city that purified its wastewater and then it is being released to the ocean or to the river. And you have farmers that use only fresh water. And it doesn't make any sense. While if you have this linkage and you have this uh, structure that is being built, you can use the wastewater, reuse it and use it for agriculture. It is important to say that the uh, cross points between the sectors, which means somebody has to tell the water uh, utility, you have to purify the water to this and this level. And then somebody has to store the water in a reservoir and take good care of this reservoir and treat the water during the stay in the reservoir because there is wastewater throughout the year. Most probably you're going to use the water for irrigation during summertime. So at the meantime, you have to store the water. And then somebody has to connect the water reservoirs and have the infrastructure to use it for irrigation. So there is a big question, who is paying to whom, how much? And obviously nobody likes to pay and everybody wishes to get a lot of money. So this entire system has to be regulated. and has to be supervised in terms of quality and quantities. It is doable, but the, uh, the challenge is that you have to bring together different stakeholders and to have an open dialogue between everybody. 
So it's kind of obvious nowadays that wastewater of a municipality is being treated and it is being used for agriculture. This concept is relatively rare around the world. Waterline is brought to you by Israel Newtech and is a PI Media production.